Another episode of the Hooked Podcast by Cuzzy Bros. Fishing is about to drop. So this episode, we are pretty lucky. I locked Mick down from Hook'em Fishing and had a, uh, a really good chat to him about everything Hook'em and everything that Mick and the crew there at Hook'em Fishing do. Mick's one of these dudes that's really, really passionate about his uh, product and about his business. And I think uh, once you listen to this podcast, you're going to get a really good feel for the type of person that Mick is and what he's trying to establish in the uh, fishing industry with his Hook'em Fishing brand and also his passion and dedication for his brand. So lock yourself in, grab a drink, sit back and enjoy another episode of the Hook Podcast by Cuzzy Bros Fishing. Been lucky enough today to get down to the Hook'em factory down in Craigieburn, and uh, we've got the myth, the legend, the man himself, Mick Woods. So, welcome to the show, Mick. Thanks, Dan. So, uh, I guess, where did it all start, mate? How did Hook'em come about, and where? what was the plan? There was no plan. <laughs> what it was, was we uh, were going to Bermagui, probably about 27 years ago, I guess. I went to a tackle store and tried to buy a gaff. I was not grand engineering, so I figured I could make better than what I seen. So I made myself up some gaffs, and um, we took them fishing. And we caught a tuna, my first ever tuna, which I was pretty excited about. Thirty-two pound, thirty-two <laughs> yellow, pound, yellow that, fin. That's like fifteen kilos, isn't yeah, it? No, uh, thirty-two. Okay, all right. And um, we uh, were pretty excited about that tuna, and um, I honestly loved it. Ever since then, I just thought, I love what I'm doing here. This is good fun. So I thought I'd just somehow it just snowballed. Um, a tackle store found one of my products through uh, a mate and asked me to come in and price him up some gaffs. So we did. And that's where it all, all came from. From uh, It all happened at, uh, where was Aussie Angler? Back at Aussie Angler. And he asked me to make up 10, which we did. And a couple of months later, I think I got a call and he said, I'm out. I need some more. So we made up more and thought maybe there's something in this. And he actually rung Paul Worsling and Paul Worsling said, send him over. So I went over and met up Paul and he said, make me up some gaffs. And we did. And same thing happened. And, and it just kept expanding. Then he offered me to get some more shops, which we did. And from that point, it just grew. Yeah, awesome. So I, I know the, the quality of your gaff is phenomenal. We use it on our boat all the time, uh, both the flyer and the fixed gaff. Uh, I know this year, or well, early end of last year, you bought out the, the Diamond Head gaff. So you're obviously always into the innovation and expanding the range, which uh, which then brings us into, so obviously the shop here, it's been a while since I've been back to the shop, but it looks like you've expanded there. So it looks like things are going pretty well. What's the what's the plan there? Uh, in the last 12 months, we've taken over the factory beside us because we just actually exploded in our first factory and we've set up the mezzanine floor and it just got to the point where we had nowhere to move. And I had to stop 
thinking about working on new products. Dave, we took over the factory deciders and there was a lot of new stuff happening, but heaps of new products happening. Example, uh, white outriggers now, we're going to be doing white outrigger poles in telescopic as well as um, multi-piece. So you guys were actually one of the first ones to bring out the carbon fibre ones too for trailer boat and that? Yeah, well, there's there's a few around. I don't believe there's many, but the tackle stores, generally when I talk to a tackle store and they tell me there's not enough of something, we need more competition, I get asked, this is pretty much I supply tackle stores where other brands will supply direct and my deal is with pretty much I support the tackle stores. They support me, so we do both. Yeah, awesome. We work well together. Yep. So obviously important doing all that sort of stuff, but you still do a lot of fabrication in-house. Yeah, we do. We're, we're interviewing a person at the moment and hopefully we're getting another storming pretty quickly because the parceling side is growing and also our assembly and everything like that we've got about on and off full and part-time workers in Anderwoods and Hookham is I think 13 currently and, and there's plenty of growth we're growing probably between 10 and 15 percent a year it's been very steady we work hard as as you know there's a lot going on I'm about to do a trade show up in Queensland and we're working on Saturday to get everything ready for because I have to get the product that we have to drive it up because there's too much to ship and I want to I want to make sure it's there yep. as once it wasn't there so ever since I drive so yeah I mean you touched on it there small business started from from gaffs basically yeah gaffs started it and now you're you know how many products have you got in your product range probably thousand yeah there you go and and people don't get that doesn't happen overnight there's a lot of hard work and a lot of a lot of hours that go into building a business and and running something like this so uh, that's awesome mate the uh so what is your one favorite product like if you had to name the the product that you think gets the most attention and the one that really helps hook them get on the map what do you reckon it would be well it's not a product it's probably my number one product that I really am excited about is the hook terminal range. Yep. That would be my number one. I used to really be into all the live bait tubes and all that sort of stuff, but there's so much work involved in making a slimy tube or a tuna tube, more than people realise, especially when you have quick release. But we're making a whole new version of that. But the hook range itself has really got me excited because we've got onto a really good hook manufacturer and this company will make your quality spot on every time. And I have had very little issues with hooks a little bit when I was learning but as we're growing we've probably increased our hook range this year by a third yeah over last year because we've got into the game hooks now doing inline circles tuna circles a lot live bait hooks on doing a whole range in charter packs as well as yep the normal blister packs so you're five and ten piece now we're doing up to 25 pieces in a packet and I think it's because there's a lot more people out there that are a serious fisherman that don't want to buy in ones and twos and threes because they might want to wait for a week or two weeks or or they might be hard to get to the shops often and they don't want to be paying $30 and $40 for um, five and six hooks. So we're trying to do that with our range. We believe we've got a uh, very good hook range now in the live bait and in tuna circles and in lines and all in lines, um, trebles. Oh, we got your we got your circle hooks early <coughs> last year. Yeah, and we ran them for the marlin last year, and then we've also run them again this year for the marlin, and we've had 100% hook up rate with those hooks. Yeah, uh, and I also tried to you know you always give me stuff and see if you can break it. So we we 
we test stuff pretty hard. Yeah. I had it in the vice trying to straighten it out. I had it hooked up to some 300 pound mono and the mono let go before the hook did. So, I mean, the quality of the hook is phenomenal. The finish on the hook is, is outstanding. We've used the same hooks for two seasons now and I haven't got any rust on them or anything, which is a, a credit to the, the finish and the quality of hook that you guys are, are producing. So that is... Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, we've done it in, in the game hook range. We've I've gone and dealt with the manufacturer directly because I asked one question. I wanted to know whether it was worthwhile us sticking with stainless um, game hooks or get on to another coating. Well, I actually, when I spoke to the, the supplier, the manufacturer, he told me that permasteel was probably the best coating, best coating for, um, for longevity of the point and also against resistance through corrosion and salt water. So it's a PS coating and it's like a galvanized look. And um, so our whole game hook range all convert to permasteel, which is PS coating. Some of the big brands out there actually do VMC and a few other brands owner, I believe, do a permasteel coating on their high-end hooks. Well, our whole game hook range will be permasteel then. Within six months, we'll have them out. I'm aiming to have this range out by around about December. They're not available yet because we've got to wait for the whole lot to be finished. And hopefully December shipment. Yeah, awesome. I mean, you know, as an end user, we probably don't realize how much work and research goes into a quality hook. I mean, you know, we walk into a tackle shop, I see the hook that I want, pay the money, walk out, rig it up and go fishing. But to get that quality hook and at a price point too, I mean, your hooks are top quality and they're coming in well below, you know, the high end, the big players, I suppose. And, and they're last. And like I said, we've fished with them for two years. They've, they've been awesome. They've been absolutely excellent. So, yeah, credit to you guys and the research and the development that you guys put into it. So, yeah. And it, look, this is partly like you help me when, when you go out and do your testing as well and you fish. For me, it's testing. But I have people all around the country I do this with. Yeah. I've got guys that I know absolutely smash the hooks, small sizes, including Creole and Foro, game fishing, or Wahoo and other species, or Spanish mackerel. And we've had a few tests where we've done the lighter gauges with the real small hooks, but also, so what we've done with this style of hook, we've increased the gauge size, just because if guys can actually straighten a hook and they're using these for game hooks, I figured I had to up the ante. So what we've done this. So all these changes are coming because I've had guys test for us, and I've had a real positive feed from everyone. Yeah, everyone's been really behind that's awesome and, it, and it's, it's good to hear i mean obviously money's always tight so you know we know what we do to earn our money and we always we want to spend it well on our hobby but at the yeah. same point if we can get a, a top quality hook at at a cheaper price we're always going to yeah. look for that so well, that's the end of the day you're not going to get the fish in yourself gives yeah and you know everything yeah mate once said to me he's like you know you spend all this money you know you pay what two grand on a, a quality rod and reel put line on it and then you know people pay 20 cents 30 cents for a hook and wonder why they lose the fish yeah. i mean you, you're 100 right yeah. the hook is the terminal end yeah. it was terminal tackle so but look we're trying to keep our pricing right down as i do the more people that use our hooks i know are going to turn onto our hooks 
in our yeah. other ranges. No, I purely agree. Purely because of it. And I am all about keeping price down. I know some products like our cast gaps and that, they're not cheap. They're not, they are not cheap to manufacture. These are very expensive items. We use surgical grade stainless steel on all the gaps on the cast stuff purely because of, because if you use the wrong grade when you're casting, it'll anneal and, and obviously the gap will open up, which we found out in our very first batch because we made them out of 316 and some were annealing and you couldn't tell. So we pretty much had to stop. I had to work with a metallurgist. I recalled all the gaps. It cost me uh, I think approximately $50,000 to recall them. I made the decision that I had to do this because we had a good brand. We had a good we We've got a real, you know, philosophy is quality, quality, quality over everything. So we made the decision to pull it and hence the poles turned into GoPro poles. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the heads went off the market. Yeah, but I mean, it stood the test of time. Like the business has been around yeah. for over 20 years now. You know, the, the fact that other businesses come and go quite regularly, especially in the in the fishing industry, you yeah. know, you see something pop up and then they, they disappear as quick as they sort of popped up. But you guys have been around for a long time. Your brand is is synonymous with uh, with your gaff range. But I think as your hook range grows, like I said, I, I can't speak highly enough about your hooks. Like when you first showed them to me last year, I was pretty excited about them. Uh, and since using them, uh, yeah, I've got nothing bad to say about them at all. And the circle hook, Dad got a, a nice bronzy last year. We were on a bait ball over at Burmy and uh, we had marlin and everything there and dropped the livey over and this this bronze whaler took it. We were fishing mono, just, just 200 pound mono. Hook sat perfectly in the corner of the mouth and we ended up getting the tag in it. That's you know? right. I mean, that's a lot of luck involved. Oh, 100%, Imagine but there's skill there too. Come yeah. on, mate. Come no. on. Wee, wee, wee. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, the, the hook range is, is going to grow. Uh, everyone should start seeing it out in the tackle shops. When you reckon, like, when are we... Around Christmas, yeah. we'll have it all. It's only, it's not all stores running our reins. It's a shame, but it takes time for some shops to actually have a hole for a, a, it takes a gap to create it. And because there's already ranges in there, so for, for us to get into most stores, somebody has to move on Yep, for us to get in there. But I think our private point is definitely helping we're looking at the we're looking at the long-term view that the gaffs are out there and have been there a long time our nets have been out there a long time well, we've got just, some new news on the nets yeah today. yeah so on the nets like you released the a new sort of net this year we're going oh new netting yeah we've already netting. come yeah. out with an enviro style netting that's going to take over what we call the pl netting because the pl netting we found had a few issues where they've joined and stuff like that, where the way they've sewn up or whatever, and we have to buy these. We can't make the netting. It's just crazy. So we get all our netting made up in, in different styles. We had a rubber, two styles of rubber netting. We used to have three, but it was just too hard to manage. Yep. I've gone back to two. One, which is a, a heavy XR, XRL style style netting, weighs a couple of kilos, just the netting, but it's about five or six mil thick each loop. But they hold tuna and species like that so people can catch them and let them go rather than uh, hurt the fish. We don't want people hurting fish for the sake of hurting it, it's just to release it. So we've kept that on the market purely for that style of fishing. We've got a KL netting, which is coated braid. This is a super strong net, by far my favourite net currently. I haven't used the new Enviro netting this stage because I've only just got samples and we, what we'll be doing is testing it over the next few months. 
but my first up view of it, very good netting. It's going to be a lot better through the water than the original Enviro style netting. It's quite a deep net, so it's 60 centimetres deep. It's, it's actually a big net. It's, it's based on our largest hoop size and it's really well made and joins are really, they've been welded together. So I'm pretty excited about it. We designed it while I was overseas. And were they all those fishing photos that you were sending me while you were Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we did this and, it, and we came up with a style that we were happy with. So we got the sand. When we get an opportunity, we're going to take it fishing. I'm pretty confident it'll be good for the fish and we'll say quite good with the trebles and so on because the holes are about three to four mil in, in size. Oh, probably a little bit bigger, maybe five mil. I'm, I'm pretty confident this will take over well from the PL netting. So we call it the Enviro netting because it's a little bit more fish friendly. But the KL netting is larger holes. It's a metre deep and it's quite large holes, but the coated braid, it's really quite heavy duty and it's got this coating on it that makes it slippery. So the fish fall straight out of the net. I've, I've been using it now for a few years. I've never had a hook get caught up in the net. We've caught hundreds of fish in it. In, we've only ever had one net on the boat and this net has caught heaps of cod over 65 centimetres. Some up to 75, nearly 80 maybe. So Sounds we've used like all the big... Fishing, fishing tail there, 80. I've no, seen some did. of the photos no, that did. you sent through at, from at, the We went to Mildura at Easter and absolutely smashed the cod every day. And we're, the smallest one was 65. And I think the largest was 78 or something. It was around that. But we let every cod go. We don't keep that cod or most trout. We let them go. Yellow belly, we mostly let them. But we've used your dad's lures on a lot of them. And to be honest, it, the... The predator lures probably caught the majority of our fish, and um, that'll remind me to remind you to get me some more lures <laughs> <laughs> for the upcoming season. Yeah, but the KL netting I've found to be spot on. The price point's really good. It's our cheapest in the price range. It's like the knotted. It's equivalent to the knotted in price. Yeah. But it's a deep net. But we've got a new one, which I've... This came from the Melbourne Boat Show, which I discussed with quite a few people, came up to me and asked me, they said they really liked the air. They liked the style, but they said it's probably not deep enough to hold big gummies, like 30 kilo, that sort of thing. And I'm figuring deep fish should be a similar scenario. So we got a new netting uh, made up from the netting company. So now we've got 1.2 metre and it's got bigger holes. So we're going to do it exactly the same pricing as the existing KL but it's going to be a, probably a, it's approximately, I'm saying 1.2, but in actual fact, it's nearly 1.3. Yep. But I'd say it's a little bit shorter just in case that we ever get a slightly smaller size made by accident. But that'll be great for your, uh, for your releasing of big uh, gummies, fish, you know, all that. Yeah, but anything, um, look, the one metre KL to me is the ultimate size because that'll do, look, I've had guys catch 1.2 metre, kingfish in them i think it's the biggest is 1.3 that i've had photos sent to me um dewey and kingfish serious big snapper it's not a problem even i reckon it'll take a six foot gummy no problem but because they loop around inside yeah yeah as you know and like your 14 kilo 15 kilo not a problem they'll do the standard one point uh one meter kl but what we're working on at the moment is foldable netto and we're trying to set it up instead of the grub screw system have a press button so yeah, you okay. press button, it'll pop out, and at the top, you'll have, you'll have these little marks. It's hard to explain. We're going to try and make it the hoop so it folds in half. Yeah. Not from top to bottom, side Sideways. by side. Yeah. 
So it allows in the gunnel to be dropped in. Uh, there's two reasons. Freighting is just crazy because of the cubic weight on a net. Just to freight one net to Darwin or places like that is ridiculous. Uh, we've taken, we went Darwin fishing back in June, I think it was. Yep. And we took one with us, but without the press button because we didn't have any, that part of it uh, established at the time. So um, we took the original one, but it folded in half. So we got them up there and we used them and we found not one issue. The netting itself, the hoop was no weaker. It was real catching massive jewies. Um, we were catching jewies up to 1.2 metres and we did not have a problem with this net. So I was yeah. pretty excited about it. But the main thing is it's a, most of the boats have got gunnels that just can't hold a big hoop. So the idea is when you're going fishing or when you pack it up, you fold up your hoop, put it in your gunnel so it's out of the sun. You don't really want netting directly in the sun for days, days and days. Eventually it will break down when you need it, mate. You're, um, when you're driving and stuff like that, you don't need it in the way so you can fold it over. And it will be quite quick to be able to fold. And then when you're ready, you pop back in, press the button in, pop the, the end of the net back through the hole and, and release the pin and bang. It's yeah. just a matter of getting a spring ride and all that sort of thing because it's, it's all going to be made out of stainless and, and springs and stuff like that with little components built into it. But you'll be able to pull it apart and clean it if you ever think you've got crap in there like salt drying up. Oh, bit. awesome. Yeah. Well, the other thing that I noticed walking into the factory today, the new Viro sinkers and, yeah. and that there, that's uh, obviously the world going the way it is. No one wants yeah, to put lead into the ocean and things yeah. like that. Which is a good thing. So the Enviro sinkers, what's the uh, what's the plan on those, mate? When are they going to hit the market? And tell us a bit about those. Well, the Enviro, Enviro sinkers came about because while I was doing, well, going visiting uh, manufacturers and so on for for our other products, we met up with a company that that's all they do is make environmental sinkers for bombs, for deep dropping, all the way through to down rigging, where you've got special yeah. bombs and so on made, and also there's just all the way down to. Some so 10 mil, sorry, 10 gram sinkers. So what we were talking about was what, how have they come to this for themselves? So they told me that they've got a Japanese market purely because in Japan, lead's been banned. And in Europe, it's all going through the different countries through there. It's coming. Yeah. It's coming here. And when it does, we're ready. And so I've set up a, a small range of bombs and, and different combinations all the way down to your 10 gram sinkers with a little hole strong. And why I'm taking them to after is to get, because we've got to work on hole sizes and um, we can do them in all different colours. So it's, and the price will not change, but it's all, um, it's all about trying to get it packaged pro properly and just establish it, just yeah, to yeah. see if there is a fair bit of interest at this stage. So right now we've got an opportunity. Um, it's up to the stores. Yeah, so awesome. I'm, I'm hoping that, that we get a pretty good response from it because I think there's, I think in the past the environmental sinkers have not really nailed it because the sinker material was lighter than lead and it means you have to make a bigger sinker to make the same weight. Well, these sinkers are equivalent to lead. Yeah, and awesome. They're a, a special alloy. Okay. Alloy steel. So what? How long do they? They break last down? forever. Okay. From what the guy was telling me, he said you you'll lose a sinker before you'll before it'll happen to it. They're uh, all coated, got a special coating on them, and this guy was showing me on concrete with a big heavy sinker. He was banging it down like flat out, and picking them up and showing me they were not cracking nothing. 
Yeah, oh wow. Okay. But yeah, look, I'm um I think it's you know, I'm sort of I think the Aussie market's ready for it. Let's hope it is. And if it is, we'll have them out in the next few months and they'll be in all the stores and Mr. Public has to go in and ask the shops, I want this sinker. If you really wanna do your bit, then maybe you should ask. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh one of the other things that the hook and brand's really good at is looking after clubs, things like that. I know you do a lot of that. Yeah, I know you're pretty invested back into the fishing side of the house. I know you, you guys love fishing yourselves, but you spend a lot of time with the clubs. Is that something that you've sought out over time or is that, you know, just a natural progression or what what's happened is I think because it's generally game clubs, mostly game clubs and, and our product being game gear, the majority of it's come from game. The clubs have come from me. But what I'm trying to do, I'm actually trying to get behind a tackle store in the area. Not so much. Yeah. Because I figure the shop supporting me, I want to support the shop back to the club. So if I, I don't want to get the recognition. I want the shops to get the recognition. They earn it. They sit sit right through winter yeah. in their area. They might do sales which are that close to zero through winter and they're carrying half a million dollars worth of stock, not ours, but <laughs> but you know they are they're doing the hard yards and yep. i really believe that people in the clubs need to support these shops if you don't have the if you don't get behind these shops you won't have these shops in the future yeah and it's nothing better than to walk in a store and actually look at what you're buying i'm a still firm believer of that but people go and buy online one thing i know shops hate is when people walk up to a cabinet especially if you're a club member who's been supported by the shop you walk up to a, a real cabinet and you take a photo of a, a reel and then you go online and see if you can better the price by $5, knowing that the shop is actually supporting your club, which yeah. is part of the reason why you've probably walk got some there. items already that have been sponsored. So you guys need to get behind the shops a bit more because I think it's if you don't, you're going to lose them. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we're seeing a lot more of it going internet way and things like that and you know everyone's always look for the bargain but the clubs need to support the shops 100 percent. the shops are going to dry up if people don't get in there and support them we'll end up with just the big shops that don't care yeah and that's right once they've got a foothold on the market they can make the price whatever they'll, they want they'll charge a lot more <laughs> yeah so that's right no awesome mate obviously you've been fishing for a while so what other than that that uh five kilo yellow fin that you caught with your with your big flyer and <laughs> oh, everything cool. so what's what's been the the most remembered fish that you've caught in your probably that tuna would have been my number one memory yeah right in fishing i don't i don't care about the size yeah. it's about going away with a group of friends or your family and just catching a fish and i'm not fanatical i just do it to enjoy the i'm on holidays or an opportunity so i i personally don't get Overdone. I don't walk. What is it? The when you walk across the line, you know, when you're on footy field. Yeah, yeah. You know, on the red mist. Yeah, and it just changes down. me. No, I'm I'm just in it for the fun, and I love fishing. And I hope that in the future, that the kids will be able to catch fish. So, I do make products which are like harpoons and gaffs and all that, which you know, I know once somebody uses it, it's over for the fish. But as long as they're using it for good cause and, and they're going to put it on their plate. Yeah, no, awesome. I know you've got a boat. So <laughs> let's talk about the boat. Bloody I mean, boat. this 
this thing isn't a game boat, although <laughs> Jimbo sort of talks like it is. But so let's explain the boat. What, what, what boat have we got? Mick? What are we running? We've got a pontoon boat. A pontoon, it's so you heard that first here, pontoon boat for these these expert game fishermen. Pontoon boat. Yep. Go. Probably look. We've had smaller boats. We've had the tinnies and um, four and a half meter tinnies and four meter tinnies, and because we. Jim and I, Jim's my business partner. We um, pretty much love fishing for trout and cod and so on. And so we started just fishing out of 12 foot tinnies and then went up to the 14 footer. And I think the biggest we've done is a 15 footer in a normal tinny. And then um, and we stopped using the boat a lot because I go away with, you know, we used to go away a lot with four or five families and all the dads. We couldn't get everyone in the boat. So it was re really pretty average. So we stopped fishing and drank more instead of fishing and and we looked at it and thought what are we doing this is not what it's about we want to go on holidays and go out fishing at least every second day even if it's a morning fish so when we generally go on holidays it's pretty much a lake or it's the beach or somewhere where we've got water um, we've been to Bateman's Bay we've been to all the way down the coast uh, went to road we've been a lot of places and generally drive most times and we've always taken a boat but when we go fishing we finally got seven guys on the seven guys and kids or whatever we can't go out fishing because you can't say to half them sorry guys we're just gonna fish you know take off and see it sometime this other we felt bad about it so we just stopped fishing and it was really annoying unless you could fish off the bank and so we thought let's try and get the girls to understand we need a bigger boat and uh, so what we did we had a discussion and we found a boat and was in America so we a company could build us a boat for a really good price was so and containers already bring stuff in so we figured what the heck and we worked it out funded it up and we've now got a party boat or we call it a, a pontoon boat it's but a, it's, it's a party boat. it's a party boat <laughs> and we can take like 16 people on it which is it's just the best boat i actually love this boat overall it's about 30 foot or 35 foot long i can't remember now it's got three hull uh, three tubes going up the middle it's a they call it a sports boat in america and we had to bring in rod holders for it and everything because you couldn't actually buy rod holders for pontoon boats we had to bring them in and we got a uh, Mercury, I think it was a Mercury for it, a Barato. Yeah, Mercury. Yeah. And um, we got all that done and it's got fly by wire and it was an absolutely top boat. And the 175 motor trolling, it uses, when we're trolling, one and a half litres of juice an hour. That is crazy. But yeah. when you go flat out, you can use 70 litres an hour, which we don't do very often, but we can. Yeah, and nice. it is fun. It is a great boat. Oh, awesome. What's the what's the plans from here then, mate? Like, you know, when we interview you again in, in another 15 years or whenever it is, yeah. where, where what is the vision for the Hook'em brand? Like, where, where do you want to take this business and where do you want to end up? Like, what's the overall goal? Well, we've got some great employees, very loyal, I believe. And we've um, my son's joined us, I think, two years ago now. He was just it was quite funny because I never thought he'd ever join us. So I've got one son who's a builder. And he's doing his own thing, going really well. But the youngest son was working for Reese and worked for them for seven years and just was over it. And probably because he was sick of dealing with customers, screaming at him and whatever. Um, so he asked me one day if he could come and join us. And I said, wow, what are you? Anyhow, so we decided, let's, what the heck? So after a few months, we got him in. He hasn't looked back. He's been, he's, he's so good to deal with and 
he's very conscious. He is not riding his coattails whatsoever. His works is probably one of the hardest workers in the group, and everyone knows this. And you can just just by standing back, you can watch him. Like he's working at the bottom level, and he's learning every facet that I had to learn. Yeah, yeah, nice. And um, I'm pretty excited for him. So I'm pretty confident he's going to keep it going after I've had a gutful. <laughs> <laughs> And well, I, that varies I, from day to day, yeah, though, every nah, time I speak but to I, you. I, I love what I do. I love Kaz works in the business with us. It's, it's, it's very much a family business. It I know, is, like, yeah. And, and yeah, Jim, yeah, Jim's, Jim's side has his daughter and his wife working here part-time. Yep. And we've had countless nephews and friends and kids and stuff like that all come through over the years. Some have done apprenticeships and what have you. And the engineering side's been going very strong over the last uh, few years. and it's growing really nicely, so both sides are going very well, and that's why we've been growing, I suppose. And both sides are about even. Yep. And you know, from my where I sit, I'm pretty proud of where we are. No, it's, it's been a hard row, and it's not been easy. No. Nah. And been... like I said at the start of the the podcast, I mean, Australian business built from you know a need in the market. You identified something that was wasn't there, yeah. went out, designed it. And now, 20-odd-plus years, it's grown into, you know, the business that it is, the reputation precedes you guys. You, you mentioned the hook and brand. Everyone knows the hook and brand. Um, and it's only going to get stronger and, and bigger. So that's that's awesome, mate. Like, you know, that's a credit to everyone involved. You guys do an awesome job. And people don't understand that it, it doesn't happen overnight. And to get where you are is, is excellent, especially in this day and age with the, the market how it is, you know. So very competitive. It is very competitive. So. And, uh, you know, what's happened in the last five years, not once have I had to approach companies overseas. Not that I wouldn't have. I just didn't know where to go because I'm not the best internet user or knowing I'm not a marketer. Yeah, I, yeah. That's probably why you don't see ads everywhere. And we do a few ads through mags and the rest was through um, clubs. Yeah. I feel, you know, clubs have probably responsive to what you're doing so they're happy to get samples and prizes and stuff like that which we do a lot of promotion through clubs and i'm a bit of a believer the guys in the clubs are the ones that support us so give back a bit and do your bet do your bit but what's happened in the last five years we've started picking up uh companies overseas so We've uh, just recently, a Japanese company came to us because they wanted some high-end gaffs. They're telling me our gaffs are high-end. So they've um, got behind it and they're starting with a gaff range and there'll be a few other items as well, which will flow with it. Uh, GoPro poles and tag poles and um, I don't know about nets, maybe nets, but freighting is probably the biggest issue there. And we're doing all the islands now. We're pretty much, New Zealand's got behind us with a company called Smart Marine. And they've been supporters for probably the last four or five years. And they've been running our terminal range as well. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes because I'm pretty confident they'll do. If they're doing what we do, they'll go very well because it's been happening for us. And we've got into places like Vanuatu and just recently as well, we got a company from, I think it was work in America, but it's a place in the, the actual town or the country. It was just off America. Yep. They're pretty interested in our live bait tubes, which we've done a new range of live bait tubes. I haven't even, even mentioned these yet. And these are what we call hidden plum yeah, I've live seen, bait tubes. I've already seen a few of those kicking around yeah, on the, on the gone, game boats. Yeah, they've gone really well. Look, it's 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 the shops or the people who contact me directly and send me an email say, I want to get a live bait tube 
and I, but I don't want to sell the plumbing. I don't want to sell the pipes. I want to, and these people are the guys that have their boat fitted out to a T, and they don't want to see all the hoses. It's like you don't want to see wiring in a car. You want to hide it. So we've had to work with a few people, boat builders, and um, also guys who fit boats out in um, Batemans Bay, Parent Sale. Yep. He was one of the guys that got behind us with this. And so you work with people who are conscious about it because they know what they want. I sometimes don't know the product or don't know exactly what I'm doing, but I learn it. And I figure if you want to um, evolve, you've got to work with people. You can't just run your own race. Yeah. So that's why pretty much I'd say 60, 70% of our range has come from people talking to me. Paul Worsling has been a real, and Lee, uh, Lee Rayner and Al McGlashan, Tim Simpson. These guys have been 100% behind Hook'em since day dot. And I've worked with all of them on different varied products. Flying gaps came from Paul Worsling. Paul, I didn't even know what a flying gap was yeah, at right. the time. And the first time I ran into him, he said, I, I need a flyer. And I go, what are you talking about? And a tail rope. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, it's shark fishing. I go, okay. So he explained it. And then he gave me a photo of a couple. And I think he gave, he might have had one or two in the shop. So he showed me. But he had no tail ropes. Being the way I am, I like playing. Once I get a challenge, that's it. I'm into it. And so I figured it out. So we might have got to mark 10 before we got it right. But we got it right. And and that has been the same thing. The flies and the harpoons have evolved. I was a little bit against harpoons to be to start with. Yeah. Because I've not not a real it's American um thing. Yeah, about it's definitely it's definitely tuna, yeah. wicked tuna sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely and, come out from there. The... But it has it's over time I've I've started to think about it and I thought, you know what, how many people stuff into a fish? And the fish swims off with the gap because they're not realise how strong these things are. And as they've swum off, that fish is going to die a slow death. Well, with a harpoon, it pierces under the ribs or whatever, and it stays there. It's not coming out. And the fish has yeah. gone through two minutes of grief, yeah. but it's over. Yeah. And that's it. At least that fish is going to be eaten. It's not going to be wasted. Yeah. From that point, I think it's a good thing. I. And that's the only reason I really support the harpoons. And it's also handy for a person on the rain. Yeah. Awesome, mate. All right. Well, look, really appreciate sitting down with us today and, and giving us some insight into the Hook'em hook branding and the Hook'em range. Once again, as an end user, we probably don't really understand how, how the cost comes about, but you guys are the ones that put all the R&D into everything. You're the ones that spend the time building the product and giving us the, the end product that allows us to go out and catch that dream fish or, yeah. you know, develop our techniques and get our techniques down so that we can catch catch that dream fish and uh the hook and brand being absolutely awesome mate they're you know synonymous with uh game fishing and it will continue to grow i look forward to seeing what you guys do in the future can't wait to to see what you're bringing out next mate. yeah no there's a lot happening so all i all i really hope is especially in victoria we've gone into a lot of other states and gone very well with our terminal Victoria's been probably the slowest of all. Yeah, right. And what I'd really like to see is that the, the shops see Hook'em as gaff supply. A lot of the Victorian shops, because we've started it, and I figure, I guess that the stores that are behind us have gone quite well with our terminal range. Mind you, it was only small to start with. But what I want to do, I really would like it 
if the public went into the stores and started asking for our hooks. Yeah, okay. Because that's what I, I've seen this already happen in other states. And I think in Victoria, you guys are missing out. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, like I said, mate, I've got nothing bad to say about these hooks. Uh, and I've been pretty lucky because, you know, I was one of the first ones to get them and have a play with them. And yeah, I, I definitely believe people need to get these hooks. They need to have a, a good look at them. And yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, that's we'll, right. We'll, we'll see what char- we can organise. Yeah. And the charter pack range is, is a very unique thing, I believe. I haven't seen anything like it. And I, I really just wanted to do this. So we had that option as you can buy your two or three hooks or in our case you might get 10. Yep. But um, up to your 25s and 50 pieces in your charter pack range. And they're going to be really priced. So the everyday punter can buy them. Yeah, awesome. But they're good hooks. They are. Give me feedback. Oh, I'll continue to try and straighten one. Once I straighten one, I'm going to frame it and give it to you. <laughs> anyway, once again, Mick, really appreciate your time today, mate. Uh, I hope after goes really, really well for you. I know it will because uh, it always does. But uh, I look forward to catching up with you pretty soon. No problems, all right. Cool. Say goodbye to everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.